was Meredith really the villain? Or was she, was, is she someone who you aspire to be now? episodes have we recorded eight nine already something like that i think out of all the movies that we've watched or rewatched, this one held up the most i have no critiques on this film and i think this is truly like one of the classics of the 90s it really is. I could rewatch this. I mean, I do, but many more times to come. I can't wait for Ayla to actually sit down and watch it with me. And I think our only critique was why aren't these parents and like butlers and like, you know, farmhands being arrested for separating infants at birth and never speaking about it to anyone? I mean, I did, I tweeted a couple weeks ago, right after we recorded this episode, you know, it's a red flag if you meet a man who married someone he met briefly on a boat, then has twins with them, and they separate them at birth. And I think that's my only critique of this film, is that these were very irresponsible parents. But what a treat and delight to revisit this And also just be in awe of the iconicness that is Lindsay Lohan. She is truly an icon. This is a beautiful performance. Her first film. um, And yeah, speaking of that tweet, Elaine Hendricks retweeted you, completely agreed. And um, Elaine, if you're listening, we would love to get your perspective on why Meredith Blake is an icon and why we all really just want to be her at this point. I mean, truly a friend of the pod, Meredith. <laughs> I I truly, like, looking back, I identify as a Meredith. <laughs> I feel like she was entrepreneurial. All she wanted to do was, like, marry Dennis Quaid. Um, I just want to go and buy an Evian, live my best life, and channel my inner Meredith. So, Meredith, if you're out there, we love you. We stand. Meredith. This is a, this a Meredith stand podcast. Yeah, thank you for giving us something to live up to. Um, And we kind of buried the lead. This episode, we had an incredible guest, Cassidy Williams, who probably knows as much about this film as we do. I mean, probably more, to be honest. I mean, also, if if our listeners are not familiar with Cassidy's work and aren't following her on Twitter, she just came out with a video for GitHub Universe where she is playing... She's playing opposite herself. She's not playing a twin. She's playing the older version of herself and the younger version of herself. So we really did have an expert talking to us about how difficult it is to film something with sight lines, with yourself. I just love this film. I still watch it. And I think that Lindsay Lohan is two different people. And I can't wait for people to hear our deep, deep dive discussion on everything Parent Trap everything Lohan and this is this is number two Lohan for us uh 
And there's more to come. We got to do life size. We have so much low hand ground to cover here. Yeah, this is our first Lohan episode that we are releasing, but we have already recorded another Lohan, and we've got so much more to come. Ooh, and also on the horizon, Sarah, we have our first Disney Channel original movie that we're going to be talking about on the show, which, I mean, took us long enough. When we think of the 90s, you got to think of Zoog Disney, Disney Channel original movies, all of that canon. I can't wait for us to get to, like, Smart House and Luck of the Irish and Motocrossed, but Sarah, tell the folks, tell our listeners, what is happening next week and who do we have? Ma'am, we are covering Johnny Tsunami a true icon who flew from Hawaii all the way to the mountains of who knows where on the continental United States to learn how to snowboard. And our guest, PJ Metz, who else? Who else? So iconic. And also we didn't, I didn't remember that there was so much computer science and like internet early internet featured in this film and technology and i really loved diving into the logistics of okay how did this work and also how did this child sneak on to an airplane at an air force base but we dive into that on the show there are also so many other iconic iconic characters well actors who play other characters like xenon and the famous jet jackson so i was just so excited to revisit this disney original film Oh, wait a second. Doesn't Johnny Tsunami also have an actor playing the same twin of themselves? You're right, Chloe. And if you listen to our episode next week, uh, we talk a little bit about that. I think there's only one way to lead into this episode. And since we can't afford the rights to play all the clips and music from this, I'm just going to do a little musical intro to this Parent Trap episode. Wait a minute, Chloe, were you the one who recorded that original audio? question for both of you all right i'm ready got milk (laughs) (laughs) when i tell you the amount of times that i quoted got milk from this film between the years of 1998 to present day um would be in the hundreds (laughs) i can visualize the exact scene there are so many quotes from this film, like, that's going to be a major problem, babe. Like, I have so many of them <laughs> written down in this film. But, oh my goodness, before we get started into everything, welcome to the show, Cassidy. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on this show. Like, truly, we have been kindred spirits on the 90s nostalgia pop culture train, Um Sarah and I, when we were first putting this podcast together, we're like, we have to do Parent Trap. We have to do Parent Trap. So the fact that you suggested this was iconic. <laughs> it was one of our top five for sure. It's so good. Like th- this movie, I've probably seen it at least 30, 50 times. I texted Sarah before I watched this because she's like, I'm about to watch Parent Trap. And I was like, me too, but I don't need to watch it. I have the whole thing memorized and I've seen it over a hundred times. Right. 
Yeah, like I, I didn't watch it in preparation because I can do the whole movie. Yeah. Like I know the soundtrack. I'm ready. Well, your eyes are much closer together than mine. Your ears, well, don't worry, you'll grow into them. Your teeth are a little crooked. Oh, and that nose. Well, don't worry, dear, those things can be fixed. We'll make a decker for you. Hold on. So good. I mean, what other movie do you know the instrumentals of? Like, not many. It's so good. Doesn't that instrumental, though, remind you of, like, Full House? Very, like, like, exactly babysitter's club like very of that era it's that era yeah cassidy why don't you tell our listeners who you are and then also why you picked this movie hey everybody i'm cassidy i exist um i'm i i work at netlify and i like to make memes on the internet and the parent trap was honestly just the first one that came to mind when you both approached me and were just like, what movie would you talk about if you could talk about some kind of 90s movie? And I feel like this one I could I could talk about for a long time. It's it's just one that my sister and I watched repeatedly so many times. And to this day, I can watch it and then catch little things that I didn't catch as a kid and and. I think there's really a cultural moment right now where people are just like, was Meredith really the villain? Yes. Or was she, was she, is she someone who you aspire to be now? I mean, if if you're not following her on TikTok and Instagram and all that stuff, she so is good. such an icon. I think you've sent me a bunch of her stuff. Um, one of my favorite <laughs> trivia points from IMDb that I found on this is apparently Dennis Quaid married someone that was the same age gap of Meredith and um the Dennis Quaid character in the movie and apparently she tweeted him and was like watch out for those little twins and I'm like come through (laughs) that's amazing like wow what a treat (laughs) well looking back to like again this is something that you don't pay attention to as a kid now I'm like this woman was 26 years old yeah yeah, I have a breakdown actually on ages. Ooh, please. First, I do. Ha- I do have a. I do have a quick question though. Have either of you seen the 1961 Parent Trap? I feel like clips, maybe. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen clips. Like I, I know, like the Let's Get Together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a reference to the old one. And that was in a Disney sing along video that I consumed many a time on VHS. So the Parent Trap, the 1961 one was a family favorite of ours before 1998. So before the Lindsay Lohan one ever existed. So I was obsessed with the 1961 one as a kid because um, my mom and I would discuss how they did that because it was also the same actress playing both twins in that one. Um, And so it's actually funny because I rewatched it last night and it, is almost identical to the 1998 one. Like the storylines, and not just the storylines, obviously, but like a lot of the puns, like almost everything, it's it's almost identical, uh, which huh. actually surprised me and made me start to realize that, you know, 1961 and 1998, technology and society-wise, are probably closer to each other than 1998 and like 2021. Yeah. That's wild. Because they still had like home phones nobody had cell phones nobody had the internet they didn't have like no 23 23 and me yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) but 
but I also, solved. <laughs> I also did a deep dive on ages because um, we know that oftentimes, you know, older men get paired with much younger women who are portrayed as older women and the men are portrayed younger, blah, 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 in Hollywood, right? right. In movies. And so Dennis Quaid was 44 um, okay. when this was filmed. And um, Natasha Richardson was 35. So that's the ex-wife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty, I mean, it's still a, a decent age gap, but nine years, not right. not horrible and pretty consistent in ages to have like 12-year-olds. That's believable. Um, and then Elaine Hendricks was 28 playing a 26-year-old. So that was awesome. I love that the ages actually matched up pretty well. Pretty accurate, and then, yeah. Yeah, the 1961 one was even more accurate. Um, Brian Keith was 40 at the time of filming. Um, and then Maureen O'Hara was 41, actually. And um, Joanna Barnes, who plays Meredith, but her name is Vicky, um, is 27. And I bring huh. her up because go. Joanna Barnes plays Vicky in the 1961 version and also plays Aunt Vicky, Meredith's mother. Oh. You may call me Aunt Vicky. Aunt Vicky. In the 1998 <laughs> yeah. version. You may call me Aunt Vicky. Which I just love. I love that. That is so, so fun. Oh, man. You know what was something I thought about this viewing? Because, again, I have this movie memorized. I love this movie. Like, <laughs> I don't know why it took me, you know, 32 years <laughs> to think of this. Maybe less than that. I mean, this movie came out when I was, like, probably the same age as Lindsay Logan. Um, what if the husband and wife divorced because of, like, I don't know, battery assault like something really bad like throwing a hair dryer yeah like what (laughs) what if there's a restraining order (laughs) like truly what if i mean to be fair it is kind of fucked up that like they separated twins like that first and foremost is a huge issue not have done that but like it's never addressed why they broke up and i think it's this very like disney mentality of a divorce that i kind of take issue with where i'm like you guys should maybe like talk to your parents first actually the 1961 version their breakup was like worse in my opinion i mean so that when they get back together they just end up at his like vineyard i don't think he's it's i think he's a cattle rancher oh it's still a vineyard i was wondering if that was part of i I think he's a cattle rancher but he just has a ton of land and like a little lake and like a big house so it's kind of the same um but Boomers. he was like mean to her. He like starts yelling at her, and then she's like, "Why are you yelling at me? Like I didn't plan this." And he, and she's like, "You're not gonna yell at me anymore. That's why we got a divorce, and you can't scare me." And I was just like, "Holy oh, moly!" Like, I mean, I know that 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 was like common, but that just still doesn't make it right. Like, dude. <laughs> yeah, huh. it's kind of a Disney. I feel like suspension of disbelief that we're just like led to believe because similarly, and I've said this before on the show, when I watch School of Rock now, I'm like, wait a second, Sarah Silverman's character's in the right. Like this man is supervising children and stole someone's identity. Like this man should be in jail. And when I saw the musical, I was like, no, that's the hero. Like, why are we gaslighting this woman? Like, she, (laughs) she is speaking truth. And I felt like similar about, you know, Meredith in this way, where it's like, these little girls are being dicks. Like, they are ruining her <laughs> life. Literally put... Like, she could have died on that air mattress in the middle of the river. Like, you are putting her yeah. in peril. But we're just led... You know, it's Disney, so we have to just believe... Sorry. I don't want to keep doing this, but in the 1961 version, they don't put her on a lake. 
They cover her feet in honey, and she wakes up to two baby black bears licking no. the honey off oh of her feet. Oh, my word. Unacceptable. And then she freaks out, and the dad is like, oh, they were just a couple of baby bears. And I was like, what? Sir. Yeah. Sir. Nearby baby bears is a mama bear that oh will God. kill you. This is such a problematic film. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's my favorite film, but there's like oh. so many pieces where I'm like, excuse me, ma'am? Like, you did what? Like, you've exiled two twins who hate each other into the same cabin. Like, I mean, we're going to get to that, but like, oh my goodness. One question that I have for both of you, because I remember vividly, do you remember how you first consumed this film? Did you see it in theaters? Were you at a sleepover? Like, what was your introduction to this film? Oh, let me think. Because I know we had it on VHS and we just wore it VHS had out. It VHS. I saw I'm, this in theaters. I'm for pretty sure. sure I saw it in theaters because I'm pretty sure I saw it with my mom because we were just so obsessed with the other one. I vividly recall I was hanging out with my aunt Sid and we were in LA and it was always really a fun time and it was just like me and aunt Sid time she worked for install magazine and did all their parties and like would always give me all the goodie bag things from you know the Elton John party and stuff and just coolest aunt ever and she took me to a theater in LA which was already like super fancy um and I remember I remember walking to the parking lot after this movie because I looked so much like Lindsay Lohan. I didn't have red hair, but I had dark freckles. I could have been her body double in this film, truly. And I was wearing a jean jacket when I left the film, and she had a jean jacket in the movie. And I was like, this movie was about me. Why didn't they call me like to be in this <laughs> film? Why was I not considered? Um, but it was such a like it, – it was really the first time that I saw someone who like looked like me on mm-hmm. – film and I was like Mm. I want to be this girl I don't share these feelings now Lizzie Lohan has gone through quite a trajectory (laughs) I'm good for now um I have a couple trivia facts to share with y'all there were a lot for this film on IMDb but I took note of some important ones and may bring up some other ones throughout the film um first of all the boy who's at the uh so there's if anybody's never seen the movie before the boy at the camp who's like mom pick me up that is Michael Lohan. That is Lindsay Lohan's uh, younger brother, I believe. Oh. He's and like, so wait, you're telling me this is a girl's case. <laughs> so good. <laughs> wait a minute. I thought this was a boy's camp. Like, I truly had all these lines memorized. It was like, it, it's such a classic. Um, and as far as people who were considered for this role, for Lindsay Lohan's role, Mara Wilson of Matilda, Mrs. Doubtfire fame, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, which of course she was, and Scarlett Johansson, which keeps she keeps popping up in like, apparently Scarlett Johansson missed out on a bunch of roles. Like she was up for everything at the time. Um, but I thought, what an interesting film. I really didn't hear about Scarlett Johansson or at least registered her presence until much later. Me neither. Although I will say, like, something that I think really speaks to Scarlett Johansson and auditioning as a child actor. I don't know if either of you have seen that SNL skit with her and Vanessa Bayer, where it's like the child actor school of performing, where it's yes. like them doing like David Mamet monologues, where it's like, mm, I told you, I need the money today. Oh, like, yes. it's so funny. 
<laughs> and you can tell that she was like at having to do these stupid monologues that like if nobody's if anybody listening has never auditioned as a child before basically the only monologues available to you at least as a young girl because like we're not we don't get the bold roles like Oliver <laughs> like things like that <laughs> are these monologues from these monologues you're either playing like it's either from a real play and you're like a Jewish child like trying to escape a concentration camp which is like such a deep tragic thing for like a child to access or it's something from a monologue book where it's like I really wanted Johnny to play with me at recess but it didn't work out and it's like very much written in that cadence <laughs> which I think is why I loved this film so much because the way yeah. that they talk in this film the kids it's like oh, that's gonna be a major problem babe <laughs> like these kids talked like adults and I loved it so much <laughs> Oh man. The way you said the way you said that line it's it's so perfect to what the movie was and with with this movie I appreciate that I can still enjoy it now as an adult and it's not like like if you look at I I might be blasphemed for saying this but if you look at like the first Harry Potter movie those kids are just like wow what's happening like it's just a lot of exclamations and like their mouths open and stuff but with this, it feels like something that is still entertaining for all ages, and it's it's not just appealing to the kids. As well. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And that's what was so cool. Like, you genuinely believed that Lindsay Lohan was two different people because the cadence and the way – like, I even – this hundredth and second viewing was like, these are two different girls. Like, because yeah. they're so different. I wrote that in my notes. I, I was just like, she is such a good twin. Like, she plays – so well she looks perfectly and I remember the behind the scenes that was on the VHS it was like at the end after the credits rolled there was like a whole series and I remember watching it just constantly and 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 them talking about how they did some certain body double parts and stuff and I was just like she did so well and for this to be her first film she yeah. was yeah. so adorable so like clearly so professional and and just like oh it was just a per perfect first role I don't know if either of you follow this guy on TikTok slash Instagram, but there's uh, we'll we'll link it in the show notes. But there's this guy who pops up in my feed every now and then who does fake Disney Channel like like kind of making fun of like the Zoe 101 Nickelodeon stuff where it's like, what are you doing making pasta? And it's very much this like formulaic like way that like Disney Channel shows are done and it's so refreshing to see like a conversational like yeah. and adults having conversations and like it's right. uh, and Natasha Richardson R.I.P. so great in Cabaret the musical so on Broadway good. like oh, she's amazing she died from a skiing injury I think like I, I think it was a head injury from that yeah. or something she's yeah. wonderful in this like she yeah. made me want a oh, pixie so cut good. my whole life <laughs> I think I got one actually around Good. this time. <laughs> but I I was convinced that Lindsay Lohan had a twin for a very yeah. long time. And I actually, speaking of TikTok, I saw a TikTok like yesterday of someone saying like, the it was saying something that embarrassing that you would have taken to your grave until, uh, or something. And this person was just like, it was maybe a year ago that I realized that Lindsay Lohan didn't actually have a twin. Like, I <laughs> I genuinely thought that it happened. And it's like you said, she was just such a good actress. Well, I still to this day will quote this film. And I didn't even realize it until this like viewing where I was like, I will say things along the lines of, I have class and you don't. You want to know the real difference between us? Let me see. I know how to fence and you don't. 
Or I have class and you don't. Take your pick. Why I oughta. It's like there's so many things from this film. And the soundtrack, I mean, that's my Mm -hmm. first note that I have about this film is there are so many visual references that I even reference in my own content. Like, here comes the sun. Like, all of these little, like, vignette moments that, oh my god, like, the opening song to this film, the closing song to this film... Iconic. So good. Or like when the kids are marching in the in the woods to like yes. exile the twins to the cabin. I I reference that all the time. Whenever whenever we went hiking out in the woods or whatever, pre-pandemic of course. Yeah. It was yeah, we we would just like start singing the song. I mean way to shame them. Like why did all those kids have to march them to the cabin? <laughs> Seriously, they they knew how to do punishment at this camp. My word. Like true exile. Um, But before we dive into things, Sarah, do you want to give us the short description? Dennis Quaid and Natasha Richardson star as a divorced couple who separated shortly after their identical twins' birth. Lindsay Lohan stars in her film debut as both twins, Hallie Parker and Annie James, who are fortuitously reunited at summer camp after being separated at birth. L is for the wave. I mean, when I think of a closing montage and an opening montage of a film, this film, I mean, like, like, it's just like everything about the music in this film. So good. It's it's Nat King Cole and Natalie Cole, right? Yes. Yeah. Love it. Iconic. Like, and I want, I wish I could have attended that wedding (laughs) on the boat. (laughs) You know, it's very trippy with the body double. They have pictures from the wedding and stuff where it's not Lindsay Lohan's face photoshopped on it. It's just the body double and them next to each other. And that is very trippy to look at because, you know, that's the original photo, but it just doesn't feel right because it's not the original. I I had a question actually about a wedding on a boat. Would y'all ever want to have your wedding on a cruise, like on a boat that you... I just went to one. I just went to... Okay, My... so, so a boat that leaves and comes back the same night. Yeah, it's okay. um, which is confusing. Okay, so here's the thing: my prom was on a boat, and okay. I feel like that was very intentional because no one could sneak off and like do drugs or alcohol, right? Mm. Like you're confined mm. to the boat. I've also attended a wedding on a boat, and the one thing about it is like everybody's in it, right? Like you can't right. be late, and also right. you can't leave. <laughs> And I think when I originally watched this film, I thought that they were on a cruise. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But is the boat that they go on later allegedly the same boat or just named the same? I don't know. I thought it was just a I thought it was just named the same. I think so too. Cause like it looked like a legit like cruise. In my mind, this was a cruise that they all went on. Yeah, right. And that's what I was like, I don't I don't think I would want to have a wedding on a cruise because after we're done getting married, I don't want everyone sticking around. Like, no. go away. <laughs> this is my honeymoon. <laughs> well, and then this viewing was interesting because, and I'll have to maybe rewatch it again <laughs> for the 103rd time, um, but I got the impression that they like eloped and went on this cruise because it didn't seem like there were wedding guests. Yes, like no one was like right. congratulating right. them. So I was exactly. like, maybe they like eloped, went on this boat, and that Queen Mary pick, like the famously ripped one, yeah, was 
like a souvenir. Queen photo? Elizabeth II. Yes, That's Queen it. Elizabeth II, of course. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, that that has always confused me. The whole the boat well, of it all because they said that they met on the boat, but I don't know if. Uh, but I don't. I, I assume they didn't get married the moment they met. I, I figured they I went back to the boat to get married. Maybe it was like a Vegas situation because can't captains marry people? Yeah, it that might have been it. Maybe that's why they divorced so quickly. Yeah, I think we just cracked the case. I think because, that they met on the boat because she did say. He was just like, it, like it ended so fast, and she was like, "It happened so fast," you know. Oh my god, a boat man! I, I have, I have a question about this, and I'm gonna jump like all the way to the end. But towards the end, when they, when the parents get reunited, mm-hmm. they're both like, "Oh, so you actually did start your vineyard," and like, "Oh, so you actually did become a wedding dress designer." But it's like, right. okay. I looked it up and the average time for a vineyard to become successful, like just positive, like not millionaire status like he was, but just positive is like 13 years. So he had to have been started already, but then like they didn't build their house until Hallie was young. So I'm thinking what, like five. So like they've only had this house for like six years. How is he a millionaire vineyard owner, Mm. dude? Unless he adopted someone else's vineyard. yeah like he inherited it but the way like, that she said know. it was like you built it you built your vineyard like as if he did every i don't know mm. i was just like this doesn't it, it takes longer to make a successful vineyard. yeah no i mean if i've learned anything from all the wine tasting i do on a regular basis in napa um <laughs> i was born into the wrong family like every time i go to napa and i see a brochure and it's like our family and it's like all these white people i'm like why weren't my parents owning a vineyard? Why isn't my dad Dennis Quaid? Have you seen those job ads for like joining those families in vineyards and stuff? No. It, they're wild because they're just like, our wine is our blood. And yes. You are our family. <laughs> oh and then the, like, if you work at the vineyard, you do yoga with them every morning and stuff. Like they, they're kind of culty out there. Which yeah. I guess it makes sense in a way. You yeah. you are just surrounded by wine all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of white people, lots of <laughs> lots of vibes. I mean, it's it's very. I just like watching this back. I was like, oh my god, like Dennis Quaid is here for all the moms and or dads watching this. Yes. Like, what a zaddy! Like, just peak Dennis, just truly really, like, and he yeah. was a dad, like. Yes. But in all of the ways, right? But okay, I did a quick deep deep dive on Dennis Quaid because Good. I was like, but then where? Like he was like peak dad in the late '90s or in the '90s, and then all of a sudden he disappeared from my like awareness. Same, yeah, because they did. It was that uh, that one movie that was not cheaper by the dozen, but it was like the exact yes. same thing. What was he that was one? the dad in that one, and then yeah, he he was just kept playing a dad and then suddenly disappeared. I think exactly. I only knew him from this, truly. Like, this was my only point of reference for him. Well, he was um, the rookie. I remembered him from that. Oh, yes, and of course. Far From Heaven, I remembered him from that. Sure. Um, yours, Mine, and Ours, I feel like. Yes, yes that that's, that's, that's it, the one right? I was talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who's in that other than him? Because for some reason, why did I think he was in Overboard? That's another white man not all white men for okay you know that confession that that you shared earlier that you saw on tiktok about like Lindsay lohan my confession is i thought that mel gibson and bruce willis were the same person up until like three years ago and i was like not all white men (laughs) but i was like they feel like there's some crossover 
over there. Um, okay, interesting. Yours, mine, and ours. Okay. Miranda Cosgrove was in that one. Yes. And also uh, Drake Bell. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Speaking of people who've grown up. Yeah. Move on. Problematic men. Um, oh, and Danielle Panabaker. Oh, my God. Who was also very big around then. Yeah. Yeah. That was a... Cheaper by the Dozen definitely took that one, but yeah. when did oh, yeah. Cheaper by the Dozen come out? I feel and like that, that was Steve was... Martin, right? Yeah, and uh, Bonnie Hunt. I and love our... Bonnie Hunt. Oh, so great. She's oh. so good. It also had Tom Welling and Hilary Duff. That's right. <laughs> Hilary Duff was in it. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, Bonnie Hunt made me think of this again, not all white women, but one of the quotes from Nancy Myers when she was looking to cast the role of, you know, uh, Hallie and what's the other girl's name? Hallie and Annie. 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 Was she was looking for a young Diane Keaton, which I thought was so interesting, like huh. to think like a young Diane Keaton because yeah. we never knew Diane Keaton when she was young. Yeah. And I guess I do get a lot of pizzazz and personality from Diane Keaton, but that tingled my spidey senses if no one has watched the justin bieber diane keaton music video do yourself a favor and watch it very strange i've 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 not watched the whole thing through but i'm kind of just like what i'm confused what's going on here (laughs) (laughs) ah content so dennis quaid one of the reasons why he was no longer a dad in Uh our favorite movies no uh well he actually had (laughs) Um, he had like a son who something happened in the medical field. I won't get into that, but basically he became a healthcare patient, like advocate person. Mm. Oh, Um, yeah. And he got like super, super into healthcare and like, you know, making sure everything was, was going right and all of that. Um, but then in 2020 said that Trump handled the pandemic well. And I was just like, oh, how no. do you go from like being super and a healthcare advocate, sir, and healthcare advocate, and that just really, you know. Anyways, he also is in a band. Okay, well, I guess the attraction is worn off now. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I mean, honestly, not as shocking as our previous episode where we found out a young child star had started a cult and then got arrested for illegal kombucha sales. But that is besides the point. Different episode. Um, I forgot. Okay, this viewing. I Okay, first of all, camp iconic. I think this movie made me afraid to go to camp because I was afraid of the pranks. Like, truly was like, my life will be ruined and I will go to sleep and someone will put shaving cream in the shape of a wig on my head and um, a baby doll will be pulled and feathers (laughs) will go everywhere. But do you remember, I vividly remember... You know, like, when you're young and you're watching a movie with your parents or, like, a relative and something, like, sexy happens on the TV and you're like, oh, no, and you kind of, like, look away? I remember feeling deep embarrassment for the nudity in this film. Like, when she has to skinny dip into the water, I was like, this is terrifying. The secondhand panic that I had. Where I'm, like, oh, my gosh, that was my nightmare as a child. Seeing that, I was like... What would you even do? Like, I would actually have nightmares that that was my situation. Yeah. Like, I feel like nudity, like, there was something that I saw on IMDb that said this is one of the few films, Disney films, to depict drunkenness and cigarette smoking. And I would bet nudity, other than Little Mermaid, which is like, you know, that always Mm. shook me to my core as a child as well. I was like, she is nude. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, live action, though, too. Right. Live action nudity. I guess we did – I don't know if it was technically Disney when it was released, but we just did Camp Nowhere, which has a similar 
actually maybe it was inspired from Camp Nowhere, the like skinny dipping thing. Um, but I remember that shook me to my core. I was like, I can't go to camp. I'll be <laughs> nude. <laughs> I will say what they um, were betting on during poker was very realistic. Oh, where, where they're betting like their bracelets and, and all of their stuff. Yeah. And like chapstick. And, you know, I, I, I really liked that. I hate it when they do movies where they're all of a sudden they have like, you know, I don't know, a box full of cigars like they did in the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode we watched. And it's like, where did a child get this? You know, I like it when it's like, oh, yeah, you're at camp. You're betting on chapstick and dollars and right quarters. the the items that you have <laughs> yeah. yeah well I so I went to camp a lot when I was a kid um, my parents would ship me off not not for as long that many weeks eight it was just weeks. like one week at a time yeah eight weeks long that time. is a long time to send your child off to camp that was also the length in Camp Nowhere was eight weeks as well but like the kids were from what all over the world oh my god right yeah what kind of international (laughs) global camp is this wild (laughs) Uh, yeah anyway and it must be very highly regarded if a family from london is sending their kid there right Right. i always like that always confused me even as a child i was like how why like international travel the butler traveled in a limo with her here like (laughs) we know they have money but why this camp i'm sure there's like fancy tea camps in London. Right. Um, right. Or I don't know, it would make more sense that the other girl would go to London for a camp. I don't know, in my mind, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I remember like going to camp and kind of expecting those kinds of pranks. Right. Yeah. But then, yeah, no, that, that never happened. It was just like campfires and s'mores. then that was it and games something that has never changed with uh, with every viewing of this movie is Hallie is so rude to Annie upon initial meeting she's like you're ugly or like and I'm like you're the same person (laughs) like don't comment on her looks I guess it's kind of a joke but even the like whole skinny dipping thing I always remember empathizing so much with Allie like I was like I'm an Allie I'm not Annie or Nanny I'm an Yes, I'm an Annie, not a Hallie. <laughs> I'm a Lindsay. <laughs> I do want you both, and we'll put this, put a, like a clip of this somewhere on socials, but I do want you both to watch this YouTube video that I just pasted into the chat. Um, okay. It's very short. It's only like two minutes. But this is the scene, just to set you up, on the prank that they pull on each other in the 1961 version. Stay out of our tent from now on. You vicious little bitch! It was pretty intense. And another thing is that um, the woman who plays, like, you know, the, the new wife or the fiancé, at the end of the 1961 one, slaps one of the girls. Dang. Oh my god, this is a vicious fight. It's like, yeah, it's legit. It, I mean, not legit, but like they're aggressive, like physically aggressive in the in the earlier one. Okay, oh speaking of fights <laughs> and breaking up fights, yes. what I didn't realize until later is that the camp counselor, what what, what was her name, uh, Marva, mm-hmm. Marva Junior, is Janice from Friends. Janice. Okay, so. 
I have been bored this panini, and I went to Janice's personal website, which I highly recommend everyone checks out this actress's website. She has been in some iconic stuff. Like, truly, this is a character actress for the ages. She's worked with everyone. She's done everything. But I remember just loving her in this. And actually, I think we mentioned this on a previous episode, when she goes into the the cabin and all of the like Rube Goldberg shenanigans of the pranks happen to her. I am one of those people that when I watch a film, I feel so much empathy for people. And I genuinely remember as a kid being like, oh my God, she didn't deserve that. And that should have never happened to her because I loved her so much. Well, and then all I can think of is they had to clean so much. Yeah. Yes. That's I and yeah, that just the the fact the idea of cleaning all of that just stressed me out so much as a kid, being just like, oh you it's so sticky. Do you know yeah. how hard it is yeah. to clean sticky stuff? I saw some I saw a fun fact somewhere where like the part where they step in the molasses and their toes are all squishing in it, they mm. had to refilm that ten times to yes. make sure it was disgusting enough. And Sarah, you mentioned that there was like a behind the scenes thing after the DVD and this must have been like the one trivia piece that I remember from this film. Are you talking about the pin? Was the pin on the head to pop the balloon. (laughs) I was like, why do I know this? It must have been the behind the scenes footage. Um, Oh my God. I mean, like it's, I love a camp film. Like I feel like what's so iconic about this film is we get so many scenes and sets, right? Like we get London, we get Napa. And we get camp and we get the boat. Like, it's just such a, like, it's a set designer's dream. The resort, too. The resort. Like, there's, like, eras in the film where by the time that you're, like, at the point where they're doing the family camping trip, you forget that they just met a camp recently. Right. It's, like, such a – there's so many visually stimulating things from this film that, like, anytime I see a boat wedding or anytime that I, like, go camping and see a lizard, I'm, like, parent trap parent trap parent trap or like any photo of people on a boat with a uh, life preserver that has words on it I'm like parent trap yeah (laughs) I think about the parent trap every single time I see uh, an inflatable bed like in any time we've ever taken it camping like one of the first times I went camping with Adrian he just had like a little mat that you roll out and I was like but how are we gonna float on the water I mean we were in California (laughs) so there wasn't water but like you know I, it, it's just always been in my mind and I really want to try it someday. I feel that way with Evian bottles. Whenever yes! I see an Evian water bottle, I always am like, well, somebody hand me my Evian. I know that <sighs> most people don't know that I'm quoting it, but I every time I see an Evian water bottle, I quote it that way. I, to this day, have associated Evian with fancy people to the point where when I worked at Sephora in the mall we sold these little spray bottles of evian and in my mind i was like this is the fanciest shit you can buy like (laughs) spraying evian on your face and when i started making an engineer's salary i felt like i was splurging on evian all the time and i was like it tastes different and i was like hand me my evian like such a bougie (laughs) move that i like shout out to i mean i hope evian got some kickback i was gonna say i assume that was product placement and if it was it was genius yeah. You know what is a really fun product placement is the Oreos, which yes. is from the company Nabisco. Oh, yeah, the Oreos and peanut butter. Yeah. And the 61 film, it was also Nabisco, but it was Fig Newtons. Interesting. Oh. Same scene, but they're sharing Fig Newtons. Did you all ever put peanut butter in your Oreos? No, that sounds disgusting. No, yeah, I, I, tried it. I know that like it's supposed to be a thing that people try after watching that movie. Never. 
I feel I like that's did. one of those things like flaming hot Cheetos and cream Cheetos. Like there's all those like things that people are like, it shouldn't go together. Like one time, shout out to my friend Jesus, a.k.a. Sugarcane from RuPaul's Drag Race, was like, go to Disneyland, buy the caramel popcorn. I'll tell you why when you bring it back. And I was like, okay. And then I come back to rehearsal and I give it to him. And he gets this like big bag of like cheddar popcorn and adds it to the caramel popcorn. And I was like, no, absolutely what? not. This is disgusting. And it mm. slapped. It was so That's delicious. called the Chicago mix, actually. Delish. And being from Chicago, living in Chicago, I have that all the time. Oh, my God. It's so good. amazing. Changed my life. Maybe yeah. maybe we need to try it. Maybe that's a Patreon uh, episode. We all we try go. Oreos. We should have done that <laughs> in preparation for this episode. <laughs> it's been on my list forever to try, but also it doesn't seem like those flavors would go well together. I mean, I mind. guess like peanut butter and chocolate ice cream. Reese's. I was going to say peanut and peanut butter and chocolate work well. But an Oreo on itself, like, how do you improve an Oreo? I know. It's such a different – it's not really a chocolate. It's like – it's an Oreo flavor. It's not chocolate. I should say I got a targeted Instagram ad uh, three days ago from Oreo Nabisco. You can make custom Oreos now. So if, if for example, it's someone's birthday, you can, like, get – whatever like pink frosting and like put someone's name on it and stuff like they're doing the whole like m&m's personalization thing now so must be all that kickback from parent trap that allows them huh. to have these services. it must be i don't know what else it would be um i fenced as a child because of this Whoa. film no prior to the film <laughs> wow i wanted to because Me of too um yeah my mom was going to community college when i was young and one of her like PE courses that she could take was fencing. And mm. since it was a community college, they were more open to people of all walks of life. So me and my sister, I was about nine and my sister was like three. We fenced with my mom. Did they fence huh. in the original movie, Sarah? They did not fence in the original movie. Because it's smart because they could use stunt doubles because their faces were covered. No, in the right. original movie, they're just walking to get um, to get like lunch and they they like face each other. And the one girl is like, oh, my God. And the other girl's like, what? And just walks away. And then later they're like boating and the girl's like, don't can't you see it? We look identical. And she's like, hmm, let me see your profile. Hmm, yeah, and then she just like calls her something horrible. I don't even remember what. And it's just like, nope, not you. And then, yeah. One thing I will say, and I am a snob when it comes to like continuity issues in movies. Like I pointed out all the time when my boyfriend and I are watching something, I'm like, they moved or like whatever. Right. This is one of the only films. Like it's just like we said earlier. You truly could live your life knowing that Lindsay Lohan was. Like that she's Had a not twin. one person because there's yeah. no like mix up at all in this film. Like they did a really good still, job. Like yeah, like even in Friends where people don't have twins, you see a, an actress where you're just like, that's not Monica. Or even where, the split where, screen where between come from. You can always tell with like Phoebe. Like I don't know if either of you watch Baskets. It's like this wonderful FX show that has um, Zach Galifianakis and he plays his own twin in it. And I can always tell when it's the back of a head or a body double. But this film, like. There's not a moment in this film where I don't believe it's two people. Yeah, they did a great job. I noticed so much because I, I, that was why I loved this film and the yeah. 61 version. So I was paying like really close attention this time. And for example, when they're at the resort, what I noticed is that the whole pool area is shaded. 
and then the lights are all artificial, you can't really tell. It does not take away from the scene, but it allows them to not have to, you know, like record at a certain time of day. Smart. And the shadows line up perfectly. Like I was noticing in this one and the 61 version, there's never a time when like a shadow is missing or something from the scene. And I'm just like, huh, they like, it was amazing. I guess when you think about it, they're only really in scenes together at the resort and at camp. Yep. And at camping later. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was so smartly done. Like you don't question for a moment, especially when their hair is different. Like, you're like, yeah. that's two different people. I still think it's two different people <laughs> because the even the the cadence in her voice as the, with the British accent, like, no wonder right. she booked this film. She was absolutely incredible in it. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. And this this is more just out of curiosity. Do you think they ended up living in California or London? Oh. I was wondering that so much. I feel like Elizabeth could design wedding dresses in California, but it would be much harder for Dennis Quaid to make wine. I read somewhere on IMDb that there was a deleted scene. Let me find this. Yes, there's like a deleted extended ending or something. Yeah, where they're like, we're moving to London. No, we're moving to California. And it kind of like left on that kind of thing. Um, Are we to believe at the end, do the parents end up together? Like. Okay. Yes, that's that's the belief. <sighs> hmm. I don't know. I feel like he cannot bring his wine. I mean, it sucks, but like she would have to come to Napa, and also she'd make a killing with Napa weddings because like they do a lot of this now. Like she, she would, but like an investment. her branding. Yes. It's, it's in London, and it, that was not an era of remote work where you can do everything online. No, God. but it yeah. was like I mean. Meredith knew about her. That's, That's right. true. That's yeah, true. She did totally. have a global brand. Yeah. Also, speaking of things that you didn't know until you were 33 years old, um, when I was a child, I just decided that Elizabeth James was a real wedding dress designer. And then yes, when the internet came out, I never looked it up until yesterday. And she's not. She's Vera Wang in my just mind. Just so you know. No, but I thought she, I knew that Natasha Robinson wasn't um, the the uh the actual designer but i thought she was playing a designer or richardson i thought she was playing a designer called elizabeth james i mean that Mm -hmm. montage where they're i mean first of all all of london like i used to travel a lot for work i would travel internationally and it would rain and i cannot tell you how many times i've looked out a uber window with the rain coming down and it and i'm like i am in a car going to my you know, mom's house that I've never met before in the rain, but <laughs> here comes the sun. Play. Is it there she goes or is it here comes the sun or is it both? I feel uh, like here, here comes the sun is later. Yeah. There there she she go. And like, I feel there like there's so goes. many like iconic moments in this film that I reference and call to in my own content and my own work. Like, it's just there's so many iconic visuals. Like when she's putting on the top hat with the veil. I was just and she's, about to say that the top oh hat God. and the veil. That cemented in my brain forever. God, this movie is so good. I have no complaints. I have like no complaints other than some weird continuity issues with divorce and stuff. But like, it holds <laughs> up. This movie slaps. <laughs> love the butler. Love love the nanny. I mean, what a great duo. Are either of them straight though? I don't think 
Because I really don't think they end up together like they pretend they do. Okay, yeah, no, they pretend to, but yeah, I... Mm, I always no. got that impression. Even as a child, I was like, you guys like each other. Like, similar in Harriet the Spy, where we're like, yes. Golly and the boyfriend, not actually no. together. Um, no. Yeah, I always... I always I could see them being besties, but yeah. 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 I mean, but that handshake, I mean, it is concerning to me when people don't know that handshake. Like, I try to do it with my boyfriend all the time, who famously is not into pop culture stuff. And it's, I mean, it's slide, right? Like, did you guys used to play slide when you were on the playground and stuff? And I remember me and my friends around this era, like, doing that handshake at recess like we would practice it we'd do it all the time and if you didn't know it like I feel like it's like the Macarena in my mind like I can do it just yeah. like and I hear the music like I don't know if I still remember it I know there was a point where my sister and I could do it but I'd, I'd have to like Give me a few minutes so I could even try to pick that up it's again. It's slide with a hip bump. Yes. Yes. Like it's like it's without the back forward. Mm-hmm. The podcasts are famously a visual medium. Um, but it's like slide. <laughs> you're like this. I force my boyfriend to do it all the time. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? Have you never seen the parent trap, sir? Um, probably not. I just started teaching Ayla how to do clapping games together. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ayla is, of course, um, Sarah's daughter. Did she watch this with you, Sarah? So um, I invited, I started it because she famously does not like to watch new things. Um, Hello, neurodivergence of whatever kind. Um, We all have it. But um, so I usually have to start things and then she will either get really interested or not so much. So I started it and just like right away, she wasn't paying attention. She was on purpose looking at her iPad away from the screen and then about, I don't know, like 30 minutes in, I was like, do you, do you want to come watch this with me? And she was like, no, I don't think I like this. And I was like, oh, well, do you know what it's about? And she was like, yeah, it's two sisters, but they look like a mirror. Um, <laughs> so I bought a clip of that uh, that I'll insert into the pod here. Looking a mirror. But no, she did not finish watching it with me because she just I feel like understood. this is... This is a movie you appreciate a lot more when you're like, I mean, how old was Lindsay when she did this? Am I the same age as Lindsay Lohan? I'm curious. Like, how old was she when she did, or let's see, date of birth? She's 86, so she's okay. 35. Oh, I was like, there's no way Lindsay Lohan is that old, but 1986. <laughs> yeah. 1986. She's 86 years old. She looks great. Um, so, yeah, she was she was the right age because she, she was, was 12. Yeah. And I just, I mean, that was such... We've talked about this a lot on other films, but there's just something so special about, like, even when you're a kid and at a wedding and you see another kid, that's a huge deal, right? But to see other kids on screen your age or to even go to a production of Annie or Oliver or whatever it may be, like, physically excited me as a child. Like, I was just like, kids, kids on the stage, kids on the screen. Like, that's something – it not only said to me that's something that I could do, I could be in a movie, but it also meant so much – like, representation matters, right? Like, to see people your age on screen who, like, look and act and sound like you and your friends. It was such a big deal to me at the time. So speaking of people our age, I want to ask you both what you think about Meredith. So she's supposed to be 26 – Okay. And like a publicist. Oh, and oh my God. I feel so old. I'm older than Meredith. Oh well, my I God. Literally, I literally have in my notes, Um, she's 26. I don't feel like an adult, dot, dot, dot. Like, because she just still, when I watch it, feels like she 
I don't know. She was just the like, oldest person, not like the oldest person, yeah. but she was like at the definition of an adult to me. Was right. she 26 when she did this film? She was 28. Oh my, oh my God. She, yeah. <laughs> I'm shook. I'm shook to my core. Because I know. just like Cassidy said earlier, like so many things about adulthood I associate with this woman, like Evian, right. like this reaction, which is like the, ah, ah, like looking left and right. Yeah, like yeah. that's an adult woman. And I am not an adult woman. That that's just, how that's I felt. insane to me. <laughs> that's how I felt. That's why I started looking up ages because I was just like, no, no, I don't. I, don't I mean, I'm team Meredith. Like I, Watching this back this time. Looking back, oh, definitely. Like, these girls were being – it's the same way that I feel about watching Harriet the Spy, where I'm like, Harriet was a jerk. Like, I'm like, these kids were a jerk to this woman. Just let this woman inherit this winery, okay? Like, let her (laughs) marry Dennis Quaid. I feel like I am not necessarily team Meredith, but I'm not necessarily team twins. Like, for one, she was definitely more of a gold digger, I think. And if you are a gold digger, why would you not ask about this man's ex-wife and not know that there was another child? Because who's going to inherit this? Because how did they I'm meet? Sorry. Do we know? Well, I think she was his publicist. Yeah, she uh, she was doing some publicist work for the for the vineyard. But okay. like, let's say that she die or he dies. Yeah, he's going to be giving that to his kid. If you want to, if you aren't going to get him to sign a prenup, do your research, girl. That's (laughs) that's what I'm saying. So that's one reason I'm like, uh, you know, it's like, and and then so so knowing that she's a gold digger and hasn't really thought that through, then it kind of makes me upset. And I'm just like, no, I think his daughters should get like, like they got separated at birth and didn't like he owes them. You know, that would be a red flag to me if I was going to marry someone who separated his twins. I'd be like sir um you need to reunite these twins like did she know she must have known that he had a daughter at minimum yeah so he he, she knew that he had the daughter because she was she like had heard so much about her and and she's like i was expecting a little girl but you are so grown up i mean that saxophone like interlude that they play when she comes in like (laughs) such a like femme fatale like i mean and she's gorge i mean she She is is. stunning in this film um god she the lizard like so many moments with her in this film there's so many like visual things from this film that just are imprinted in my brain for the rest of my life and meredith as a person is like goals but also not goals because yes she is awful like when she's like i'll send you but it's hard because now as like a married woman with a child like damn i wish i married someone who owned a vineyard and was a millionaire you know like (laughs) it's like still goals but also like she didn't do it right i don't know it's like her parents were very okay with it yes like they didn't even they didn't at least that we saw they were just like, oh, there he is. He's he's the the guy. Yeah. And well, they were he totally is in much on it. older than her. Yeah, I think they were totally in on it because like they were encouraging it. I think especially like okay, so her mom says, "Call me Aunt Vicky." She's about to be this child's grandma. No, she doesn't say, "Call me Vicky." She says, "You may call me Aunt Vicky." The way that she says it is so strange. <laughs> Hello, pet. You may call me Aunt Vicky. Hello, pet. You may call me Aunt Vicky. Yes. How did they make that look? 
And I think the reason that I'm positive that her parents were totally in on it, number one, they cast the same actress from the first film. Um, So that was just like clearly a nod that this woman's in on it. But number two, the fact that she wants to be called like Aunt Vicky, not grandma or something, right? Like she's like, I know I'm too young for this. Cause my, you know, like I'm too young to have my 26 year old have a 12 year old. So I know what this is about. I also want part of this. I'm going to retire here. Yeah. Okay. They'll be here any minute. Now, be nice, Daddy. He's everything you ever wanted for your little girl, plus millions more. Then you know I'll be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, if I feel like I'm shocked there's not a Parent Trap the musical, first of all, because there's a Freaky Friday musical that recently got made. But like, there's there would be so many options. Like, I would want to play Meredith in the musical because I feel like she's the Lily from Annie in this, where she's kind of like. Yeah. Like, she's the evil, beautiful, funny, sarcastic, like, woman yeah, yeah, yeah. in this. And I I honestly wish that some of her outfits were maybe a little bit more iconic, because I feel like this would be a great cosplayer Halloween costume. Oh, I mean, even, honestly, if you got the black hat by the pool, which oh, is a yeah. great hat. And an and Evian bottle. Dress, <laughs> and an Evian bottle. Everyone who is from this era would know yes. immediately yeah. who you are. I also feel like a really good cosplayer Halloween costume would be dressing up as the twins and just walking around with that ripped up photo, <laughs> like and oh, just yeah, yeah. walking up to each other at a party and being like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I, this film, it, it just, it's not one of those films that you watch back and are like, oh yeah, I like this as a kid. I genuinely enjoyed this on the hundredth viewing. Yeah. I enjoy it to this day. And there's there's just so many good lines. And plus like there's that there's that one scene where uh the mom, Natasha, she she's freaking out about meeting up with him again. Oh my god. And seeing it now, it's it's so much more fun to watch because she's just like, I'm not mature enough for this. Yeah. And I'm just like, ooh, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even that scene I remember so vividly because and it's actually funny that we mentioned like the the sexuality of the the butler and the nanny because I remember in that scene like looking back on it I was like that is the epitome of a gay best friend being like you're gonna be fine yeah. it's cool let's get you yeah. ready you should, you'll wear this little number yeah <sighs> Gosh. okay I'm gonna do it again but I loved the 1961 version it's actually her dad who comes in and is like um and is like Oh, I'm so glad that you're just going to wear your normal clothes and not try to go with the fashions of today when you go meet your ex-husband. Like, you know, like this dress right here. I'm so glad that because this one's like more fashionable. I'm so glad you're not going to do that. And then just like walks away and she's like, God damn it. All right, fine. Like, we need to go to New York, go shopping, you know, like she's and it's just so funny because her dad also just really wants her to get back with him and. I feel like there's this archetype that we don't see often, but like it pops up in The Sound of Music where it's a woman that a dad is going to remarry to, but like the plot is otherwise disposed to like have them end up with like Maria at the end of The Sound of Music. But like an example of this is The Sound of Music. It's like Elsa Schrader, I think that's her name. You're kind of like, well, that sucks for her. Like she thought she was going to marry Captain Von Trapp. She's not that bad. Yeah, she's nice and a beautiful woman. And I think. 
as I get older, as I watch these films, I feel bad for these women because I'm like, oh my God, these freaking kids like getting in the way of the shenanigans. <laughs> like, don't let kids socially engineer your relationships, I think is the biggest lesson because we never got a part two. Like, I'm going to guess that whatever didn't work out earlier between the two of them, like, that's what, that's where I have to suspend my disbelief in this film, despite it being an incredible film and like, you know, yeah. totally well, holding up is, there's a reason why these people did not stay together. Probably because they met on I was going to say, like their children could engineer their relationship because clearly they are still not mature enough to like make decisions about their marriage. I mean, right. they got married, had children, immediately separated, separated babies at birth, never yes. told them about it ever. Dude. What did they even tell their kids about the other parent? Yeah. Like Wait, in in that like exiled scene where they're in the cabin, doesn't she say like like oh, I don't have a father. Well, I suppose I did have a father at one right. point. Like it kind of don't it sound like about it. like he perished like or that's what she was told? I don't know. Or just yeah, like were you were they told like oh yeah, he just wasn't a nice guy or they just don't know? Yeah. We don't know. Or we don't talk yeah. about him like it's very problematic. Like, we should not be separating siblings, let alone twins, which does happen. There was actually um, – I don't know if you guys have seen this documentary. I believe it was on Netflix, but it's about these three brothers who were uh, triplets who were separated as part of a science experiment, and this actually happened to a bunch of twins no. and triplets. What is that called? Three Identical Strangers. Yes, Three Identical Strangers, which – honestly has blown my mind like illuminati confirmed everybody go and watch this film it's about these science experiments that actually were being done to a lot of jewish families it's really really screwed up where they would separate um the three siblings have them live different lives and then social workers from this experiment were checking in on the different ones like one was like a low-income family one was like a medium income and one was like a wealthy family and this has happened where now with the new 23andMe, you know, things that we have available to us for people to get connected, that it's coming to pass. And, like, they, they can't release the records on, like, the how and the why. But it made me think of that. Like, watching this film, I was like, this is so screwed up to, like, separate twins. But it was happening, which is crazy yeah. to think about. I saw a really messed up news story recently where, like, there are these siblings that were separated at birth and they they didn't know about the other one and, like, the family's fully separated and stuff. And they got engaged and the families met like the week before the wedding and they were just like, hey, that's your sibling. And like she was pregnant. It was it was a whole thing. It was messed up. That answers the question mark for me in this film of like, what are the freaking odds of like these two girls being at the same camp? Like stuff like that makes me go. It's possible. Like, I'm like, <laughs> actually, this could happen in some sort of scenario. But I'm sure that happens all the time, right? Or, like, people end up falling for, like, I don't know, their cousin once removed or something like yeah. that. Like, oh, my God. Oh, well, especially especially in big families, I'm sure stuff like that happens more often, too, just because you might lose track yeah. if it's a really, really big family. Like, one time I found out that a girl I was in marching band with was my cousin. Oh, my just God. By a random occurrence of like she was going to her grandma's funeral and my mom was going to her aunt's funeral. She was like, Mrs. Williams, why are you here? And voila, we're related. We had no idea. 
I also saw a couple years ago, there's these two women who are maybe a little bit younger than I am, where one was like a, a YouTube, not an influencer per se, but like was doing a lot of content and everyone was saying, you look a lot like this girl. It sounds very parent trap, right? Where it's like, have you seen this girl? You guys look alike. And then she reached out to her and it turned out that they were separated twins. Like, mm-hmm. it's Whoa. crazy to me that this still happens in present day. So like, I don't have to suspend my disbelief too much. And I highly recommend for anybody listening to the podcast to watch Three Identical Strangers because it truly – like they all ended up at the same community college or something like that. It's all very happenstance of like how they all – like someone was like, yeah, I just said hi to you. Like it literally sounds like a Disney movie where it's like, what are you talking about? I just walked in. And they're like, no, you're in the cafeteria kind of thing. And it's like these things happen. But also can everyone just stop separating twins and triplets? I would really appreciate it. Like cool stories but not worth the trauma. God, at least like tell people. Yes. <laughs> right. Let them know. Yes. I think like I know this is too mom of me, but I go to like the medical concerns. It's like if I had an identical twin or a a parent, I would want to know that they exist if something were to happen. Like Right. Also insane to me. I mean, I guess we're to believe because she says, oh, my home is on the other side of the country versus the other side of the world. Like when they're both in that like exiled, I call it like the Napoleon cabin. They're just like in exile together. Like true torture to put you with the person you're having issues with to like sort it out alone in this cabin, which I have a lot of disciplinary <laughs> issues with. Had, like a counselor in there or something. Yeah. Or at least a nest cam of some kind, which did not exist at the time. <laughs> um, but there's just like a lot of question marks that I have about this film of like, I don't know. There's very there's some questionable things. Um. Anyway, any final thoughts on Parent Trap before? Well, we wrap I do want to say one of my all-time favorite '90s songs was played in this, and um, I thought it was kind of funny because it started playing, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love this song!" And then it kept playing, and I was like, "Is Disney just flexing on us? Like being able to play the whole song?" Because it's just such a perfect song. Um, How Bizarre by Owen. <gasps> That's right. Wait, when do they play that? Good. Here we go, girl. This will hold us for a while. Sure you don't want some trout, Mom? Is that okay, by the way, if we start calling you Mom? I think your mother would prefer if you called me Meredith. And no, thank you. I do not eat trout. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So wouldn't you think, like, if you're Dennis Quaid, actually, no, if you're Natasha Richardson and you're like, I'm going to send my daughter to a camp in the United States, wouldn't you, like, tell Dennis Quaid? I mean, I know it's on the other side of the world and what are the odds, but I'm like, they've got to, like, keep in touch, right? Like, you or would hope. something. I just or that. something. Yeah. God. But I guess it's not real. <laughs> That's why I'm supposed to believe it. But like, but is that the same like, case in the 60s yeah. one? Yes. So, well, they're um, actually, no, they're uh, one of them lives in Boston and one of them lives in California. Oh, why is she? Doesn't she have a British accent in the film? No, she has um, one of those uh, American British accents. Fraser. That, a Fraser accent. Called? That one, I mean, sure. that's what I call it. Because I always was like, why are these men British? The transatlantic or whatever That's it, is. it. That's it. Transatlantic. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's the one I was thinking. Yeah, it's the one that like a lot of actresses had. And it was like supposed to show that you were high class. But a lot of people on the East Coast tended to have it. Hmm. Also, um, Chessie and, and Martin were there when the when the babies were born. 
Why didn't yeah. they stop these people? Right. Also, why did Chessie and Martin know that they were the like swapped twins before the parents did? Also, Martin <laughs> is a butler, but she seems more like a nanny. So why were they around at the birth? I think she wasn't necessarily a nanny. She, I think she was. I think like, she was more of like a housekeeper, an assistant kind. Yeah, of. she's a cook yeah. too. Right, because she cooked, she cleaned. Right. Yeah. Man, I want Dennis Quaid's life. Right? I want to live in Napa in my nice property with an assistant housekeeper lady and my hot wife and my cute daughter with, you know, I... Riding horses. Yeah. What a... I mean, the dream. Someday. Someday. Someday I'll reunite my twins. (laughs) (laughs) This is also one of my favorite like conventions of the film where at the end when they're like this will be and they're showing the photos like I feel like that is such an iconic like credits like post credit sequence of like them being like in freeze frame and like I I just love everything about the closing of this film it does resolve very quickly though I will say like what it, what do we think happens to Meredith? Do you think she like marries Mark Zuckerberg or something? Like I feel like she she probably moved from Napa like to the Bay Area, met like a like a pre tech boom mogul. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I have no doubt that Meredith went on to be successful in married rich. Yeah, maybe or started a pyramid scheme. I could see that too. Oh yeah, like a momtrepreneur type thing. Um, but I'd like to think that that Meredith. I hope that she looks at in this fictional universe we live in that that she doesn't even follow Dennis Quaid on Instagram. She's like, I don't care about that part of my life. That was a toxic relationship. <laughs> well, and also, it it sounds like she was a very good publicist. Yeah, and so I, I feel like she could have been like a total career woman and just moved on. I wonder what being a publicist meant back in that pre-internet era. Like, was she just making a lot of brochures? Like for the I think winery magazines and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like probably TV spots. Yellow She did talk about Yellow photo shoots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh I think one of my final thoughts on this film is when Meredith like unbuttons Dennis Quaid's shirt and is talking about oh his like chest hair. Oh, that's <laughs> we've got to break the ice sometime. Wear your shirt like this. I like it when I can see a little chest hair. That horrified me as a kid. Me too. It did, but now thinking about it gave me so much your hair looks so good pushback vibes. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I totally see. She is the Regina George of this film. She is. She is. Where she has like redeeming qualities and you like empathize with her, but she's also very mean. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And Caddy's in this. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Oh my what god, full thinking? circle. Windows <laughs> is based on the parent trap. It's a prequel. <laughs> oh, there's my final thoughts. Okay. Sorry. Here's here's what my notes meant. Um, Annie Oakley was freaking oh, yeah. badass. Who's Annie Oakley? From yeah. Annie Get Your Gun. The yeah. the main she like the was... real person that Annie Get Your Gun is based off of. Yeah. Annie Oakley was a real person and she was this incredible, like um, she's like shot. a sharpshooter. Yeah, she's a sharpshooter. She actually tried to get into the military as a sharpshooter because she was like literally the best. She was 62 years old in 1922 and she still could hit 
100 clay targets from 16 yards away at 62 years old. And she died at like 64. So like, dude. Um, And also, I just thought it was funny because I did this like deep dive on Annie Oakley. Um, And uh, uh, Annie Oakley, that's why I got confused in my notes, um, had libel cases and one of them was against Hearst, which I think is funny because when we watched Newsies, Hearst was also, and I just think it's funny that Hearst is always playing these like side background things that nobody knows about anyways. Illuminati um, confirmed. I, when I tell yeah. you a majority of my 16 bar audition songs were from Annie Get Your Gun, like truly uh, know too much information about Annie Oakley. She's um, pretty awesome. I mean, she's a baller. Like she truly, like, you know, the song, like anything you can do, I can do it better. She's an icon. One trivia thing is Arapahoe is a the name of um, a cabin in both the 1998 and 1961 films. Oh. I loved all the little callbacks. Well, what about you, Cassidy? Any yes. any I'm, last I'm thoughts? I'm trying to think. I'm looking through like my old, my fun fact sheet, but I think we made it through all of them. I think so. Yeah. I'm going to be listening to this soundtrack. Oh my god. Honestly, the minute this movie started, I was like, I need to just download the soundtrack because everything is a bop in this film. Down to the like background music as we went. Like before I even played the film and I was like, I'm gonna watch Parent Trap. That's what was in my head was like the background music. Um and it just in so many ways this movie made such an impression on me in my youth and still follows me around to this day. And also just the fact that Lindsay Lohan was such a part of the pop culture zeitgeist. Like we're talking Freaky Friday. We're talking Mean Girls. Like movies that I quote on a consistent basis. Like I'm old. Like everything is Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) And it is, you know, we didn't touch on it too much on this episode and we have in previous episodes. It is so disappointing and sad to just see what has become of Lindsay Lohan, of course. And, you know, hopefully she makes a good comeback and recovery in some way. Um, but I'm very, it, it's so nice that we have this time capsule moment of her childhood to just, mm-hmm. this was peak Lohan as far as I'm she, concerned. It was her first film and she was just like an instant star. She was just so. She set the bar very high for yeah, herself immediately. She did. She did. Yeah. yeah. I bet she was so, like, you really get the impression from watching this film. She was so professional and you could tell that, like, behind the scenes, especially when you're playing two different characters in a show, like, this girl was on it. And the fact yeah. that this is her first film and they trusted a vehicle like this to someone, because, you know, like, we saw, like, Mara Wilson was up for this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I saw that the, what is her name? The girl from, um, her name is Jenna Malone, who was in Step stepmom or stepmother whatever whatever that was was offered the part like four times and turned it down four times but the fact that they gave such a powerful vehicle because like for context even when you do community theater or something it is very rare that someone will give you the lead in a a musical that like you have to carry the show like we're talking legally blonde annie something like that like to give that power to a actor let alone a child actor in a multi probably million dollar film for Disney at the time is unheard of. And she must have nailed that audition. She must have just blown 
these people out of like and of course she did she's incredible as is evidence today on film but like i wish that they had footage maybe someday in the special special deleted scenes in like five years we'll get like her on camera audition footage but i would have loved to have been a fly on the wall because i think i saw in the trivia it said that she had to like lie and say she was sick at school to audition for this Mm -hmm. so she was like a normal kid it's not like she was out auditioning and stuff like this is a normal kid and i think that's what made this film so special is it wasn't Hillary Duff. It wasn't like some of these people that we saw on screen. It was like, yep. like she was like it, Annie she was for us. And, yeah. Yeah. Parent Trap um, had a budget of 15 million, but made oh 92 God. million worldwide. Um, and this critic, Kenneth Turan, called Lo- Lohan the soul of the film as yes. much as Haley Mills was of the original. And he went on to say that she is more adept than her predecessor at creating two distinct personalities. Oh my God, absolutely. Um, it, she was just, yeah. And, and she she not only won the Young Artist Award for this, um, for best performance, um, but also that's what led to her three film contract with Disney for Life Size Get a Clue and Freaky Friday. Yes. Life Size. Oh. Oh. We might have to bring you back for life size. You may have to be our, our Lohan correspondent. I was going to say that might have to be another one because we could do shine, bright, shine, bright. Oh, so good. And <laughs> I have mentioned this multiple times on the podcast already, but as someone with a dead mom, to this day, I get angry at that woman that the dad was dating in life size for brushing the hair. I was like, in... The science of this, her mom would have been alive. Like, I would have murdered that woman. But we'll save that for when you come back. Um, Before we wrap things up, Cassidy, where can people find you on the interwebs and whatnot? Yes, you can find me at Cassidoo, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things. But Twitter is probably where I'll be. We'll link that down in the show notes. I think the three of us need to all vacation to Mykonos and see if we can find Lindsay Lohan at her resort and like ask her questions about the making of this film. Like, and then while we're at it, we could recreate Mamma Mia. Oh <gasps> I'm here oh, for it. Brilliant. I'm ready. Uh, all right, y'all. Well, this has been such a treat, such a dream. Cassidy, you are now our official Lindsay Lohan correspondent, which means we're going to okay. get you back for Freaky Friday. We got to get you back. For, for all Life of them. Life size. Life size. Eve's gray. No matter when, when she, she goes. Dress her up from her. Oh, man. <laughs> and Life Size 2. We have to watch yes. Life Size 2. I need to watch Life Size 2. I have many thoughts about there's like a dancing scene in Life Size. We shouldn't get into this oh, now. We, we should end the podcast. We'll save it. You're going to come back. Our official Lindsay Lohan correspondent. Thank you so much, Cassidy, for joining us. And Thank we'll see you, you soon to, to recap the rest of the canon of Lindsay. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Bye. Salute Your Sports is not endorsed by the companies featured in this episode or any of their subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Mix and Master by Dr. G. Our theme song is Keep Me Entertained by Maddie McGuire. Salute Your Squirts is recorded in front of a live house plant. And in a shed! And is not produced in Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida.